break 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 through break 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 through break You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 15th of July, 2022. Very happy to be back with you here on the show. And we've got plenty for you here on the show. And today we're going to be talking about how the U.S. Congress is feeding the war machine and starving the people. Yesterday, the U.S. House of Representatives approved the National Defense Authorization Act, the official name for the yearly war budget, perversely referred to as a quote-unquote defense budget, 329 votes to 101 voting to spend $839 billion on the military-industrial complex, which is $37 billion more than what the Biden administration had asked for. The bill will now move to the Senate in order to reconcile it and send it to the desk of the president, but this is probably a rough outline of what will be spent on the war machine. In a clear representation of the priorities of the U.S. political system, the vote on the war budget came on the same day that Senator Joe Manchin officially killed hopes for any substantive climate legislation or fair taxes on wealthy people and corporations and a host of other priorities that would help working class Americans. As the saying goes, yesterday, Congress proved that they got money for wars, but can't feed the poor. The bipartisan vote was mainly opposed by elements of both parties that are closest to their respective bases. The squad, for instance, voted against a bill, as did MAGA types like Lauren Boebert and Louis Gomert. Pramila Jayapal, head of the House Progressive Caucus, voted no as did Scott Perry, chair of the House Freedom Caucus, the core of the far right. Nanette Berrigan, who represents Compton and North Long Beach, voted no, as did Jeff Duncan, who represents rural South Carolina. What's notable about the no votes really is that since these politicians are all seen as closest to what the voters of the two parties want, it does reflect a deep dissatisfaction in the population with the massive military spending and imperial overreach. The $839 billion being shoveled to the Pentagon and military contractors can in any way, shape, or form be considered a defense bill. U.S. quote-unquote defense spending is higher on a yearly basis than the next nine countries combined. The U.S. spends more than two times as much as China and Russia combined. After the top nine countries, the next 144 spend $535 billion combined. So quite literally, the U.S. is spending essentially more than almost the entire globe by a long shot every year on war-based expenditures to maintain a massive military machine to police the actions and activities of every country on Earth. This is, in short, the cost of empire. It's also notable that much of this spending is wrapped up in total boondoggles that flow from the total lack of oversight and unlimited cost overruns allowed to military contractors to pad their profits. For instance, Congress authorized 64 more F-35 jets in this budget, three more than the Pentagon had asked for. However, the F-35 isn't even really fully functional. The plane, originally supposed to cost $200 billion, has already ballooned to a cost of $1.7 trillion. 
A government accountability office report this year noted that they found 826, quote, open deficiencies in the F-35, including a few that make it unsafe to operate. The planes delivered so far, the GAO noted, quote, are not performing as well as expected, end quote, which isn't that surprising because they haven't been fully operationally tested, which means that 1,100 F-35s the U.S. ultimately will have, based on current projections, will almost certainly all be subject to expensive overhauls to make sure that they actually work. So yes, Congress and the White House are spending trillions of dollars on a plane that only kind of works and are putting you and I on the hook for likely hundreds of billions of dollars more in cost to get these planes in alleged working order. Congress also decided to let the Navy keep five of the nine literal combat ships that the Navy was set to retire. The LCS was supposed to be a new high-tech ship, but it has not lived up to its billing. Notably, the hull actually cracks if it goes too fast, so the ships are moving at about half speed. The magazine Popular Mechanics also noted, quote, LCS were meant to be fast, inexpensive, and utilize easily swappable mission modules that allowed an individual ship to rapidly reconfigure for anti-surface, anti-submarine warfare, and mine hunting missions. After 15 years, only the anti-surface module is fully deployable, with the anti-submarine and mine hunting modules still not ready for prime time. Other secondary missions, such as irregular warfare and support for special operations forces, seem to have been quietly abandoned. The literal combat ship fleet consists of two classes the independence and freedom classes. The fleet has suffered from cost overruns, delays, propulsion reliability issues, and high operating cost. Purchases of both classes have been cut, and the Navy has proposed decommissioning all of the freedom class ships, some only three years old. Six more freedom class ships are still in the pipeline. The Navy is still taking delivery of them, but the ships are likely destined for a very short sailing career. And again, that's from Popular Mechanics. And each of these literal combat ships, by the way, cost $500 million to build, and $70 million a year to operate. So the five that Congress saved will cost $350 million a year to operate and may not ever be used for anything. Congress also included $45 million to keep the development of a new ship-fired nuclear missile alive, something even the Biden administration sought to kill. That keeps the U.S. on track to spend $634 billion on nuclear weapons through 2030. And that's when the U.S. already has nearly 4,000 nuclear weapons. The spending becomes all the more galling in light of the lack of spending on priorities that actually help people and will help keep the planet from turning into an unlivable hellscape. Senator Joe Manchin, who along with the entire Republican Party and a couple other Democratic senators, represent the right-wing majority in the U.S. Senate, announced yesterday that he will not back any climate spending or taxes on the wealthy in the Democratic budget package for fiscal year 2023. Manchin had been negotiating with Chuck Schumer over this budget package for months now, and the package was essentially designed to be a very, very slimmed-down version of President Biden's Build Back Better plan that was introduced and failed last year. As Washington Post reporter Jeff Stein noted, a non-exhaustive list of what's been cut in these negotiations include universal pre-K, an affordable child care program, funding to repair public housing, paid family leave, dental and vision care for senior citizens, free community college, a child tax credit, and now, of course, any sort of climate plan, and higher taxes. You can make some simple comparisons here. Build Back Better was 10 years of funding. The war budget is one year. So let's just assume that over the next 10 years, the U.S. spends roughly the same amount of money. That's $8.3 trillion. That is about three times more money than the entire Build Back Better plan in its original guise. 
So that's Free Community College, repairing all public housing in the United States, providing dental and vision care to everyone on Medicare, universal pre-K, paid family leave, a child tax credit, $560 billion in climate spending, bringing the Medicaid expansion to every state and more, all for three times less than the U.S. is going to spend on the war budget. It's notable that the big opposition to Build Back Better is that it was going to supercharge inflation. Interestingly enough, no one raised that issue at all yesterday when it came to war spending. So apparently it's only an issue when the spending is for people's needs rather than the war machine. However, while we're on inflation, a few points here. First, it's highly dubious that social spending is making the impact on inflation that people like Manchin, the Republicans, and Larry Summers are claiming. The way you can actually measure this, which is looking at the gap between potential and actual GDP growth, reflects that the COVID rescue packages that allegedly are driving inflation did not, in fact, drive inflation. Secondly, as we pointed out to you several times here on the punch out, out of every dollar of inflation, about 54 cents has gone to padding corporate profits, 30 some odd cents to supply chain issues and eight cents to wages. So corporate profiteering is the key aspect driving inflation. The biggest way to address that would be to increase taxes on wealthy corporations to reduce the incentive to price gouge to pad profits, which is exactly what Manchin has now ruled out. So at the end of the day, the U.S. government is spending huge, totally unnecessary amounts of money on war and imperialist adventures. It is spending basically nothing on meeting the needs of working class people, and it's refusing to enact the one measure that's most likely to bring down inflation in the near term. So let's just say it again. That's the U.S. political system for you. They got money for wars, but can't feed the poor. <laughs> but they sure can protect the profits of the rich at all costs. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. 